Yards Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chappell, along with my good friend, Artemis Brown. Artie. Yes, sir. How are we doing? Good. Good, good, good. We got the, the band is back together. We got the duo back. Missed you last week on the podcast, but the show goes on. But doing good, brother. Doing, doing real good. Excited to be back here with you. And we got a jam-packed episode today, so let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. We got we got a lot to talk about. A lot going on in the world of college sports right now. Everything, it, I mean, pieces are falling. Conference is crumbling. The Pac-12 is the Pac-4. Maybe the American Pac, I don't know. The ACC may be crumbling. Teams are offering to play for free mm-hmm. in the ACC. USF is, their fans are taking the top spot for being delusional. From the Central Florida fans, guys, what a week has it been <laughs> in the world of college sports? Um, yeah, Artie, how you doing, my friend? You doing good? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good, brother. Cannot complain. Look, I'm uh, I'm off of work for the next six days, so I can't complain about that. Going down to Florida to go see pops and go hang out with him. So uh, I'm excited for that. Love that. And remind me, where, where's your what part of Florida is your dad living in? So he's uh he's Ocala. So he's like an hour outside of Orlando, um, two hours from Daytona, hour and a half from Tampa. So he's he's really in a good spot to get to all the all the major areas outside of Miami. But uh, yeah, Ocala, Florida, which is the horse capital of the world, they say. So the horse? Yeah, the horse capital of the world. Like there's more horses in Ocala, Florida per capita than any other place in the world. I did not know that. They have like, I think fifteen to twenty horse farms out there. Like they just breed. Are you going to ride a horse while you're there? You know, honestly, we talked about it, and and I think we should because like that's that's like where they breed like all the horses. They like do like the Ryder Cup or not the Ryder Cup, but the the whatever that cup is called, the, the Breeders Cup, I think whatever it is, the Kentucky Derby, um, the all those horse races. Like they they live in Ocala and they're farmed in Ocala, and like that's where they stay when they're not racing. Wow. Yeah, I, need, I didn't I know. Need to see you, Artie. I mean, you're about the size of a jockey, so uh, <laughs> we, we we need to put you on the back of one of those horses and see how fast you can go. Hey, look, I was I was going to say something. we're not we're not, we're oh, not oh, go ahead, go ahead and stay. Tell the people. No, I was I was just going to say you know the size of a jockey, but my third leg says otherwise. But you know, I just oh that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Oh, geez. Starting off with a bang. Artie, do you have a number 57? Um, I do have another a number 57. This is just something. Honestly, I got this like two minutes ago. So we're just going to go off the cuff with this. But my number 57 is not the guy that you're thinking of. It's Clay Matthews. But it's not Clay Matthews Jr., the one who played for Green Bay. It's Clay Matthews Sr., the one who played from 1978 to 1996 with the Cleveland Browns. He was actually a four-time Pro Bowler, did not know that. Um, had 82 and a half sacks in his career, 16 interceptions, almost 1,600 tackles. Uh, phenomenal football player in his own right. Everybody knows Clay Matthews Jr., you know, the, the, the guy with the long flow hair that played for Green Bay for like a decade. But uh, Daddy did it first. So shout out to Clay Matthews Sr., number 57. All right. That's a good one. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go kind of off the wall here. I've done this a couple of times recently. 
I'm going Heinz 57. I mean, what better to put on a uh, on a burger on a dog? We're in the dog days of summer, right? I, I've been singing the. Uh, we've been watching a lot of Mickey Mouse in, in this household lately. Um, <laughs> the hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Oh my god! Yeah. I've heard that enough times in my life to never want to hear that again. Yeah, well, my daughter loves it, so uh, we sing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Heinz 57. Now, Artie, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, you're you're a Chicago guy, right? I mean, you're you're wearing the Bears shirt on, on the podcast. Uh, I don't understand it. You see, you see MJ you behind got, me too. You get MJ. You know, great Chicago White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham Barons. Um, That's let me right. Let me ask you, Arnie. Um, how do you feel about ketchup on a hot dog? I don't. I don't mind ketchup on a hot dog just because I I was raised in the South. Like I am from Chicago, but I was raised in the South, so I was raised on ketchup on my hot dogs. But I will say there are certain regions where you should not be doing that. Like if you're in the Chicago region, or just honestly the Midwest in general. Like and honestly, they don't mind you put ketchup on a hot dog, but like like let's say you get a Chicago dog, right? Like you got to get it the way it comes. And then you can't put anything else on it. Like, don't put no sauerkraut. Don't put no ketchup. Don't put no whatever you want to put. Don't do that. Just get the Chicago dog the way it comes. Because that's being disrespectful when you, like, add on to something that doesn't really need any add-ons. But if you just order, like, a hot dog with ketchup on it, nobody's going to care about that. Now, if you let, – let's say that, already we're, we're hanging out. Mm-hmm. We're cooking out. We're in the backyard. And I, I'm grilling up some dogs. You have all of the uh, condiments at your disposal. Mm. What is on your what, what's on your hot dog? Ooh, I, honestly, look, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a Carolina dog all the way. Honestly, that honestly, I, more so than the Chicago dog, that might be my favorite hot dog. The Chicago so, dog's just got so much going on. It's it, it you know it's a salad on the hot dog. I I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. But it is a salad on top of a hot dog. If we're being honest, because what um, what what is it? Is it it's relish? I know that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's relish, mustard, uh, tomato sliced in half, like like the, the two slices of tomato. Um, you got the uh, the pepperoncini peppers in there, and then I, and then on the poppy seed bun, Vienna uh, hot dog, of course, Vienna or Nathan's, either one to do. And I think that's it. And then onions, you got onions on there too. All right. So what you're, what are you putting on, on your hot dog? So chili, slaw, relish, onions. Ketchup and mustard. Okay. Okay. See, I, I, I like to keep I like to keep it basic, right? I, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna go naked. I'm not I'm not doing that. No, that's absurd. I, I, I'm, that's, if you eat a naked hot dog, that's absurd. If you eat a naked hot dog, let me tell you this. You're on some watch list. There's there there's a cognitive gap if you eat a naked hot dog. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> if you eat a naked hot dog, you're probably a serial killer. <laughs> I don't make the rules. It's just how it's that's just how it goes. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm all about the chili. Jared's famous hot dog chili. And trust me, it's delicious. Um, I can send you I a recipe. I still haven't had this, by the way. I gotta have this uh, famous hot dog it, chili. It, it's like one of the only things I cook. I'll cook hot dog chili. I mean, it's nothing crazy. 
I think we've had this conversation before. Um, but then, honestly, just give me some ketchup and mustard with some chili, like basic, like what what you get at the at the ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't need anything else. I don't need anything fancy. Um, now, next question. I I love hot dogs. I, I, I'm a I'm a great. Honestly, I don't eat them a lot, but when I do eat them, I'm like, this is very sad. High in sodium. High in sodium. Doctor doctor tells me, hey, Jared, cut down on the hot dogs. Let me ask you, how many mm-hmm. hot dogs could you eat during a nine-inning baseball game? During a nine-inning baseball game? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you my record after you tell me how many you think you could eat. I can I can tell you how many I could eat and how many I would like cut off at. Like, like my cutoff will be three. Like, I'm not eating more than three. Like, after three hot dogs, it's like, okay, I don't even care if I can eat more. Like, I, I can't do any more. I'm just being a fat ass at this point. I can't, I can't do more than three. But I could probably down six. I could probably down six in a nine-inning game. If, if you had to take a guess on how many I've eaten at a baseball game before, on all-you-can-eat night. All-you-can-eat night. How many hot dogs do you think I ate in a during a nine inning ball game? I'm gonna say eleven. Wow, right on the money. It's eleven. Oh, eleven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a lot. Though. <laughs> that's a lot of hot dogs. And I also down about seven beers that night. Jeez. It, was, it was dollar beers and all you can eat night. You at, walk at the like a pregnant lady, Jared. Some <laughs> <laughs> chips. I eventually cut out the, the chili. I think about hot dog four. I cut out the chili. I was just going mustard ketchup. I don't know um, that the chili would, would help it go down easier, I feel like. I mean, you just, you, I don't know, you just put some was, mustard and ketchup on it. And Was this like a personal record? You just like, you were trying to achieve, see how much you could eat? Or you were just, I was, that just, I was, I was just trying to see like how many I could eat without <laughs> like, and I could have, I could have probably got 12. I could have probably got 12 or 13, but I was yeah. just like, you know what? Like, this is not going to be good for anybody already. I I don't want to hang on to it. Um, or did you, while we're talking about food, we'll, we'll get in, we'll get into this everything here in a second. At, at some point we'll, we'll talk about sports, but. Did you know that the world record for eating a, a regulation size corn on the cob is 11 seconds? 11 I tried seconds. to beat it. I tried to beat it. No, when you say eat, like you don't mean it's like being sloppy and stuff. You mean like they actually like went bit by yeah. bit on and, and ate everything. Like it wasn't all over their shirt, all over the floor and stuff. That's easy to do. Like they actually ate every kernel on 11. the. I mean, obviously you're gonna have some stuck to your face. I mean, when you when you're right. speed eating like that, you're gonna. I mean, you're not gonna get every single kernel. Um, but yeah, 11 seconds. My personal record right now is 28 seconds. Are you, so you're seriously trying to beat this? I'm not, I'm not actively like, it's not like I'm eating, it's not like I'm eating a, a corn, a, a corn cob every night, just trying to better my time. We had corn on the cob a couple weeks ago for dinner. And, and you were just like, uh, why the hell not? I, I asked my wife to, to time me. It was just a spur of the moment thing. That that's what happens. That might be the whitest thing I've done, other than hashtag Drake. 
um, <laughs> is trying to eat a corn on the cob in less than 11 seconds. What really got me was, was the swallowing, having, having to swallow. Like I had, I was like a chipmunk, just cheeks full of corn. It's just cheeks absolutely full. That's crazy. That's crazy. And this is what Jared Shaffin is doing in his free time, folks. I'm telling you, I, I need a second podcast called Dinner with Jared. I, I could have these conversations all night long. <laughs> I, like, it, it could be, it's going to be a, a stand-up but sit-down comedy dinner show. Dinner with Jared. And we just talk about these these kinds of things. These well, are discussions you have around the dinner table. That's actually not a bad idea, Jared. That's really not a bad idea. But it's a comedy show. It's kind of like a spinoff of Hot Ones. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I like and then that. Artie will have you on and see how... Artie's the slowest eater in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he I'm is. a swap. I'm a swap. Just wait. Just wait until you... uh. You get married and have kids, Artie. Oh, I know. I know mm-hmm. it's gonna pick up. I know I'm just gonna be wolfing it down. When you have a kid, yeah, everybody eats fast. Everybody eats fast. But all right, Artie, the Boneyard Podcast, proud members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network, Variety Sports Collegiate. I mean, we got the Saturday football show coming back this weekend. I think episode two of this season coming on this weekend. Check it out live on YouTube. That boy fadeaway. Uh, on the other side of the bench, I believe is another one. Lots of great podcasts to be had. Check them out. Lots, lots of great stuff going on. Nice. Um, already, we'll dive into it. We got, we got a lot to talk about. Look, enough about the food. Um, let's see. Anything else on, on the intro? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, let, let's start. So, Jim Stokey, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, is the new interim voice of Pirate Nation. Already, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't listen last week. I listened to part of it while I was editing. But did y'all talk about the situation with Chris Edwards last week? We did not touch on Chris Edwards last week. No, I, I know that's been a whole shit show, and I don't even really know all the details. What we didn't touch it. That was like an episode of Suits. I mean, the guy apparently look. I have nothing. I don't know the. I don't know the. And it was supposed to come on the Boneyard podcast last week. Yeah. We, we had it scheduled to come on the podcast. Like, the day news broke. Like, we, we were going to have it. And um, I don't know if news came out. I, I thought it was weird. Already when we asked for him originally, mm-hmm. typically it's like, yeah, we'll get something scheduled. How, how's this date? Good, good. Okay. It's scheduled. Put it on the calendar. We, we get somebody. I thought it was weird when we asked, we asked the day he was hired, hey, can we can we get him on the podcast? And it was kind of like, yeah, but we, we got to do like some other like internal things. not signed on the dotted line. We've just made the announcement. I thought that was really strange. Um, so I don't know. Uh, play play fly or fly play or whatever um company that manages ecu's broadcasting rights and all of that now i don't know they kind of dropped the ball ecu dropped the ball um shitty situation all around chris edwards apparently lied on his resume about graduating from ecu that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, how did, how did you not think that that, was, that information was going to be found? <laughs> you work, or you're trying to work for the university that you claim you graduated from. How did you think this information was not going to come to light? Party, I've been watching Suits lately, and I was like, this is an episode of Suits. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Well, I don't know. I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, what world are we living in where, I mean, I get it. The guy has, like, a couple credits left that he needs to actually graduate. Mm. But you can't, like, if you're getting a job, had he not put that, I think he would have, I think he would still be the voice of Pirate Nation. Yeah. And who knows, maybe maybe he finishes his, uh, his degree this year. He's got, maybe he has some time left. Uh. I think his schedule's opened up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and maybe uh, maybe he can finish out his his degree, and he'll be he'll be the next voice of partnership. Maybe Jim Soki. I, I I don't know if I'm pronouncing. It right. I think we're we're gonna try to have him on next week on on the podcast. Um, he, he's busy with training camp right now, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, but all all in all, what a weird situation, like really weird situation with Chris Edwards. Hate it for him. I'm sure he's a great guy. Right. Um, just goes to show. Don't lie on your resume. Um, anybody's listening, don't lie on your resume. Or, but if you're going to lie about graduating from a school, don't apply to that same school <laughs> that you're lying about graduating from. That's all. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I was kind of surprised with, with the announcement of the interim. I know they had to get it get it done, but I know, I know that there were some quality candidates. Uh, I talked to a couple of them. Um, that I, I mean, honestly, I, I thought they had a good shot at being next voice of the partnership. One of them, I mean, be honest with you, already good friend of the podcast. Um, so. Oh well, um, maybe maybe next year we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, this is this is a one year deal, as far as I know, um, and and I guess they're back to the drawing board. Yeah. But let let's talk basketball first, and then then we'll get into like all the craziness that's going on in in, in college sport. Uh, the non conference schedule already. Yeah. You see this the non conference schedule dropped. Um, yeah. Took, took a look at it earlier. Not overwhelming, but you know. I mean, the fact that you're, I mean, you guys some decent schools on here i mean yeah of course you got south carolina you got florida right um you got campbell's usually a pretty decent team mm-hmm. uncw that that's always kind of that's become kind of a, a rivalry right um georgia southern and kennesaw state i mean those are i mean those are somebody to like sneeze at right i mean anything you guys you got uh, a Division II program in, in Ferrum uh, coming in to start the season. You got Northeastern and uh, USC Upstate, schools like that, Maryland Eastern Shore, mm-hmm. and then Delaware State, East Tennessee State to, to close out the non-conference portion of the schedule. Um, I mean, you, you've, got a, you've got a couple games there. UNCW – South Carolina and, and Florida are probably the three toughest 
non-conference right. games. Those are the matchups, not conference. And, and they're really I mean, not scary. They aren't. And what didn't did we beat South Carolina? Was last year yeah. we beat South Carolina? Yeah. yeah, we beat South Carolina last year. Yeah. I mean, why not again? Why not again? I really like I really like the direction Coach Fortet has this team going. Um I mean, just looking at looking at looking at this schedule, mm-hmm. what would you put ECU's non-conference record at come the new year? I mean, look, there's there's a lot of W's on here to me. If if we're making that next leap forward and starting to be the program that beats the teams that they're supposed to beat, then to me, I see a lot of W's on here. I mean, Ferrum, obviously, that that should be a W. Uh, Campbell. Maybe a, a close game, maybe a decent matchup, but I don't really think they're going to be too, too, you know, hard to beat. USC Upstate, that should be a W. Northeastern uh, should be a W. I think Georgia Southern and Kennesaw State should both be Ws. We might, we might hiccup and lose one of those. I, I, I'll go ahead and say I don't know which one we'll lose to. We'll, we'll probably no one else. We'll probably lose to one of those teams. So that's what five and one after those. George Mason, yeah, five and one. UNCW, 8-1. Maryland Eastern Shore, better be a W, 9-1. We're, we're going to drop one to South Carolina and Florida. I do think, you know, I think we absolutely win one of those two. I do. I don't know if it's going to be South Carolina again um, or Florida, but I do think we grab one of those. So now we're sitting at, what, 10-2 after coming out of those two games. And then you got Delaware State and East Tennessee State. So, I mean, truthfully – 12 and 2 is not really out of out of the, the norm, in my opinion. If you're if you're beating the non-conference opponents that you should be beating, and these teams, none of these teams are scary. Even your South Carolina and your Florida. I mean, these are not SEC heavyweights in basketball, at least not at the moment. Florida used to be an SEC heavyweight. They're not right now. So, you know, 12 and 2 honestly is realistic. I mean, already, I hate to break it to you, but there's 13 games here. You said what? I said I hate to break it to you, but there's 13 games here. Um, that's that ECU education. One, two, three, four, five, six, okay. seven, I'm eight, stopped. nine, ten. 11 and two. Excuse oh, okay. me. Okay. 11 and two. 11 and two. Okay. I mean, if we're 11 and two, big dance. I mean, yeah, none of these teams blow your stocks off. I don't, I don't think any, I don't think anybody in conference. I mean, of course, Florida Atlantic is going to be good. They they return a lot of guys that went to the Final Four last year. The final the, the March Madness last year was, was it lived up to its name, right? Like March Madness was insane. Um. All right, I'm I'm going to say ten and three. I, I think. I do. I could see us losing to either Campbell or Georgia Southern, and then maybe if we win one of the games against South Carolina or Florida, we may lose that game against UNCW. Just my my opinion. Ten, ten and three, and Which I'll have to take it. Yeah, you'll you'll take that. You'll take. I mean, I, I say if we come out of that stretch, you know, sitting at like seven and six. 
or eight and five, I mean, that's 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 terrible when you look at the, the opponents. So, I mean, yeah, you'll take 10 and three or 11 and two. I think that's where we should be coming out of that stretch. Yeah, as long as you don't lose to a team like you did last year when you lost to South Carolina State, um, who was right. But that's like the next step in the program. Like you're beating the worst teams that team in college to basketball last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this, this is a step in the right direction with scheduling, though. I mean, you've got teams that. At least I've heard of all of these all of these schools. There's times where we play teams and I'm like, who the hell is that? So kudos to to John Gilbert and and Mike Schwartz for for getting this schedule done. Um anything else on, on basketball? Let me ask you this, Jared. Yeah. When's the last time you heard of Maryland Eastern Shore? I feel like no, <laughs> no, you haven't. Did, didn't they make? Didn't they make the? Didn't they make make the big dance a couple years ago? You talking about UMBC? No, Maryland Eastern Shore. Because I I've never heard of Maryland Eastern Shore. The rest of them I'll give you. I've, I've heard I've heard the rest of them. Uh. They're in, I believe they're in the MEAC. Maryland Eastern Shore? They're yeah. not in the MEAC. There's no way they're in the MEAC. Okay. I mean, pretty sure finished fourth in the Mid-Eastern last year. In the MEAC Conference? Yeah. I, wow. Played, I've never heard Coppin of State, Delaware State. NC Central, Morgan State, Howard. So, um, yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them elsewhere too. I'm trying to think, like. Mm. It's okay, Jay. You don't. You don't. You don't have to try that hard. Nobody, nobody cares about Maryland Eastern I, Shore. It's okay. <laughs> we can keep. I, I, I know. I know. I, I know. I, I'm trying to remember like what they. Yeah, they they made the tournament last year, Artie. Well, good for them, and they didn't do shit. So. Okay, maybe maybe not. Maybe they didn't <laughs> make it. I don't know. I just know I, I've heard of them. The Hawks. All right, Artie. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk uh, polls. The thing we love the most, you know, the preseason poll because we we rank teams higher than what they should be, and then we rank other teams lower than they should be, all because of that. I don't know why we we do it. it. I hear people say, "Oh, we do it because we have to have a baseline." Why? Why do we have to have a baseline? Right? I mean, we're, we're basing it off of last year's performance, but if that was the case, Lane, who finished in the, what, top six? 
top seven in the country? Why are they ranked 22nd? 23rd, excuse me? So, in the coaches poll? But, Jerry, let me ask you this. What's the difference between having, you know, a week, week zero preseason poll or a week one? The same teams are going to be in the top 25 after week one anyway. So it's not like it's going to be exactly. like Exactly. Like, <laughs> why do we rank teams, Artie? And then I was thinking every single year, somebody like Florida or Florida State or an LSU or somebody gets ranked and they're ranked in the top 10 preseason. And then they start the season two and two and they're still ranked in the top 20 because preseason they ranked them in the top 10. Why? Why are we doing this? I get what you're saying. I, I'll never, I'll never understand because I mean, then you're just setting them up. I mean, NC State last year. I, I said it. I, I can see it from a mile away. NC State was not a top twenty-five team. They nearly lost to ECU week one, and I mean, they they didn't really drop. I mean, they they went what seven and six last. year? And I mean, now they're receiving votes to be in the top 25. Carolina, what did Carolina do last year? Yeah, I get it. You're supposedly have you supposedly have the number one quarterback in the country, but I, I don't know. I, I I don't I'll never understand why we have a preseason ranking and why it dictates the rest because when you do that what you do is you're setting up a strict schedule that doesn't like you're you're making it you're making it way you're waiting the early season way too much and saying okay well before the games are even played here here's what we think and then you could be wrong but just because you ranked it that way you, I mean, Texas A&M was like a top ten team last year in the preseason. Well, yeah, but but the one the one caveat to that is that the good teams tend to figure themselves out, and the bad teams that aren't supposed to be there tend to figure themselves out towards the end. Like towards the end, you would pretty much have a legitimate top twenty five the way you're supposed to have it. Like it 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 works its way out. It really does. But to be honest, I mean, Texas A&M, yeah, they were top ten last year, and then see where they finished. I mean, they weren't even a top 50 or top 75 school at the end of the season. So Here, here's what I think. If you're going to do it, rank them 1 through 30, 131 or 132, whatever number we're at now. Oh, nobody's got time to do all that. You, why not? <laughs> why not? Nobody's got time to do it. I mean, well, they, they actually do do that on ESPN. They, they actually do have a full ranking of all 131 FBS schools. Like, there's got there's got to be – there's got to be some kind of metric that we could build. There's got to be some formula that we could build and say, okay, this is this. If you beat a team, say Alabama, who does Alabama play week one? They they, they don't play Texas week one. They play Texas I think, week two. Let's but if see. we're being honest, I mean, Jared, the the, the top twenty five is really just for clout at this point you really the only thing that matters is top four and until the playoff expands 
The only thing you care about is being a top 14. The whole top 25 thing is just, you know, to say, hey, I'm ranked 18. Look at my school. Yay. All that's, all that's pomp and circumstance. None of that shit matters. Like, you're trying to be a top four team, get to the playoff with a natty. Like, that's that's the important thing here. So the only thing with the top 25 is that you're getting, you know, some notoriety, you're getting some publicity, you get to go back and brag to the boys or whatever. But if you're not a top four team, then what are we talking about anyway? So. I mean, Alabama, who's going to probably be considered to have one of the toughest strengths to schedule, starts the season off with Middle Tennessee State at home. Give them, give them credit. They're, they're going to play South Florida, I believe, at South Florida. Um, yeah. You said Alabama? Alabama at South Florida. How in the world did South Florida get that? Yeah, how did they pull that off? Alabama, like Alabama doesn't play on, on the road. What's that? There's going to be like 15 people there. How the hell no, no. No. It's going to be filled to the gills with Alabama fans. There's okay. Tons yeah. of Alabama fans in Florida. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, Michigan, ECU starts the season on the road at Michigan. Michigan's ranked number two preseason. Um, Tulane voted 23rd. UTSA received 59 votes. SMU. Receives eight, and for whatever reason, Memphis received one. I'm guessing that this was the one that voted. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Marty, thoughts? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I still don't like the preseason. I mean, look, I, I, look, Michigan. Michigan is every bit of top fourteen in the country. Like they're, they're like, unless they just have some sort of disaster. Like, this is the best team that Jim Harbaugh has ever had. This is a team that should win the Big Ten again. I mean, Ohio State's still going to be there, going to give us trouble. Penn State's good, too. Um, but this is absolutely – like, Michigan is every bit the second-best team in the country after your two-time defending national champion, Georgia Georgia Bulldogs. So, I mean, that's that's fair. Tulane being 23rd, it's exactly where I thought they would be, somewhere between 21 and 24. It's exactly where I thought they would be. Um, but why? They, they were a top-ten team last year. Why are they – and they didn't really lose anything. They, they, they weren't. They weren't going to be. They weren't going to give Tulane preseason top fifteen. You're, you're, you're dreaming if you thought that was going to happen. That wasn't going to happen. But why? Like it, you, you give all these other teams rankings and for no really reason. And well, I didn't lose anything off of the success that they had last year. But this is about this year, right? So like, like them being in the exactly. top five is the respect of you beating a USC in the Cotton Bowl. And you're winning 10-plus games, so we respect the fact that you have your coach returning and you have a whole bunch of other players returning, and you could be something good. But Tulane could absolutely be an 8- or 9-win team. It's not – you know, we're not going to guarantee that Tulane is going to win the conference again and be an 11-win ball club. Yeah, but you could you could say the same about UNC. I mean, what has UNC done? Who do they play? Because if we're being honest, I mean, Tulane season last year – that was a magical season. It's hard to back up another magical season. The how do you get better than what they did last year? How do you get better than a Cotton Bowl victory over the U, over USC? Like how does Tulane top what they did last year? So it's like unless they're Once competing again, for for national championship, then you don't you don't top what, last year. But it I mean, makes it harder for them to compete for a national championship, Artie. You said what? I'm saying it makes it harder for them to compete for a national championship. 
Well, you look if, if they prove everybody because wrong, they're starting so far back. When last year they were a top ten team in the country, if if that's the case, why don't we just say okay, this is the rankings going into next year? But this is why you need to expand the playoffs. Like, oh, I, I'll, I'll never understand why a school like Tulane who finished top ten didn't lose any key pieces drops so far down. But then, but then here's the thing though: what's what's what happens when okay we're not respecting Tulane and then they go out and they lose four games this season and they go eight and four? Like, okay, are we are we going to say that, that happens all the time? That happens all the time. A team. Let's let's pull up. I don't have it in front of me. So, AP preseason, and then also, 25. does Tulane have a have a very? Did we go through Tulane's schedule? It's kind of a cupcake schedule, isn't it? I mean, they, I believe they've got to play UTSA and SMU. Granted, they probably I think they get them all at home. How many top twenty top twenty five teams are they playing? Or how many like true road games do they do they have? Um, so Tulane finished ninth. Last In the AP year. last year. Yep. Which so, again is, is based off of their performance from last season. And being ranked 23rd to start the season, I don't think it's terrible for Tulane. Obviously, yeah, they have to do great things and run the table to probably get to where they would want to get to again this season. But who's to say that Tulane's going to repeat the success they had last year? I don't see them repeating the success they had last year. I think I think I think being ranked at 23 is fair for Tulane. What's mentioning you going to be ranked when uh, EC doesn't answer? <laughs> hey, look, if if ECU can go up there and be, you know, the second G5 school from North Carolina to go into Ann Arbor and, and pull it off, I'm the, I, look, I, all, all, all I can do is smile and wave and keep it moving. Like, that, that would be crazy. It's not going to happen, but that would be crazy. Okay. Has the AP poll come out yet? I don't think maybe it hasn't. Um. All right, Artie. Let's uh let's move along. Let's let's talk uh let's talk conference realignment. So I, I think I'll touch on it a little bit last week, but I want I want to give my input. Okay. Um. So Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Announced they're joining the Big 12, right? Am I missing one? And then Oregon and Washington are joining the Big 10, leaving four schools Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. <clears throat> With that being said, I know that the ACC vetted those four schools. And it came out to say that that was going to be a no-go. They also vetted SMU. That was going to be a no-go. 
and they decide to stay where they're at. So that really leaves a couple of options. The pack could be trying to go after the top American athletic conference schools, but I mean, what, what school in, in the American, the American has like all of the bargaining power right now, I believe. They can say, hey, we have a TV deal. You don't. Nobody wanted to be a part of your conference. You couldn't get a TV deal and you're, you're, you're an autonomy conference, you're a power five conference. You couldn't even really get the TV deal. Why don't you come join us instead of us joining you? There's also talks about the Mountain West Conference and, and Pac-12 merging. But the issue there is the Mountain West, I believe it's a $17 million buyout per year if teams want to leave the Mountain West and go into the Pac-12. So it would have to be the Pac-12 going to the Mountain West. Because nobody's going to pay that. No one. I don't care. Boise State, San Diego State, UNLV, nobody's paying that. Air Force, nobody's paying that. So, the Pac-4. Hey, here's the American right here. Americans, according to who knows, maybe, maybe Stanford and uh, Cal end up somewhere else. Okay, out of the four schools that are, are in the pack, those are the two I care least about. Oregon State and Washington State are the two that ECU really need to go, or the American really needs to go after. And if those other two decide, hey, we're just going to go independent for a while, so be it. But they don't get to claim the, like the Notre Dame status where they basically get to claim power five. So they're wow. not. But why? But why don't you not Stanford and Cal? Because Stanford and Cal really don't get a shit. They don't. They don't care. Their fan base does not care. Marty, their fan base. Hey, they're they're good at a couple of things. I mean, they're good at football occasionally. They lost. I mean, their head coach retired. Shout out David Shaw, Trip Daddy. Uh, the real ones now. Um, no, but like they're 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 an academic school. And granted, Rice, Tulane, those are great. Even USF, great academic institutions. State and Washington State have rabid fan bases and can back it up with winning seasons and good football programs. They're also good in other sports. So they're the same as Stanford and Cal when it comes to Oregon State just got good at football. They just got good at football last year. Literally, they just got good at football. They've always sucked. Always. And now we want to talk about Oregon State being a good football. They're not a good football program. They just but, got good. Culture already. It's not a historic football program. It's all about the culture. And neither is Washington State. They got we're not just talking about like you wouldn't want to add all four. If we can add all four, you would just want Washington State. If we can add all four, great. But 
if, it, if we could only add two, I'm adding Washington State and Washington State all day. Okay. Stanford and Cal are just the right the wine and cheese crowd. That's all they are. But you get the California market. Stick your, all right, well, in two years, go after San Diego State. I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. In two years, when, when it's easier for the Mountain West teams to buy out, because I believe their, their TV contract ends in 2026, bring in San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, Air Force. Hell, even if you want to, bring in Utah State. I mean, I, I I get I get Oregon State from a baseball situation. Baseball, I mean, that's that's a great addition. But outside of that, I mean, they're not. And so is Stanford. And Stanford is a phenomenal but, addition in baseball. But like, we're we're acting, we're acting like Washington State and Oregon State are like going to be really like improving our football conference. They're not really. But they're doing more than Cal. Yeah, yeah Cal has been good. Cal. 15 years. Yeah. They haven't been good in 15 years. So, I mean, Washington State, they just fit the mold a little bit better. And I think that they want to be in the American. I don't think Cal and Stanford want to be in the American. No, they probably don't. Stanford doesn't. Stanford will go independent before you go in the American. Right. Cal's just happy to be there. Probably. So, but Washington State and Oregon State have good fan bases. And I don't know. I mean, I, I would stay up for a Washington State Oregon State game before I would stay up for a Stanford Cal game. That's just one. I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, I would. I'll agree with you on that. That, that Washington State Oregon State is a better matchup that you want to watch. Over Stanford College, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that culturally, those are two better fits. Look, but if we bring it, if we bring in Stanford and Cal, those are two huge brands. Exactly. But the brands, the brands aren't what they're not. They're not the athletic brands that. That you would think of, right? But you still and want more recognition. Yeah, but no how I mean, you get, you still want it. I mean, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll take power. I'll take the dub over Stanford and Cal. If ECU's haven't played both of them every year, or every, every couple of years, I'll take I'll take those dubs. Book it. But I, I would like to see Oregon State and Washington State, um, and. In 2026, add, add some of those Mountain West teams. Why not? And what's the Pac-12 going to do? They don't have anybody. And if the American teams, if the American schools just say, you know what, we're going to stay together on this, you're going to at least get a couple of them. I, 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 this is the best I've felt about conference realignment in a long time. Let me ask you this, because there are other teams in this conference right now that are going to get calls. An SMU, a Memphis, a South Florida, a Tulane. Like, they're going to get calls from a Big 12. Like, they're going to – maybe maybe an ACC. Like, 
You think they actually stay in the American if they get those calls? I think if the one, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the ACC fully staying together. I, I think what we're seeing happen in the Pac-12 is going to happen in the ACC sooner rather than later. Uh, I don't know. Florida State wants out. Florida State, it, Florida State and Clemson want out. They can leave, and the ACC can still be legitimate. Now, if you start losing your Miami you, and your Clemsons and your Dukes and Carolinas, like, what has Miami done for the ACC? It's still brand recognition. It's still brand. Okay. Everybody's but, still, everybody's still talking about you, even though they suck. They still talking about you. All right, already. Florida State leaves. Clemson leaves. Miami leaves. Mm-hmm. Carolina and Duke possibly leave. Well, then you have a dead conference. You have a dead conference. Yeah, then you have a dead conference. And Miami, Florida State, and uh, Clemson go to the SEC. I think Carolina and Duke try to get into the Big Ten. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're Big Ten. If they leave the ACC, they're only going to go to the Big Ten. And then do you really want ECU joining – an ACC where the best school in that conference is NC State, but I really feel like, and maybe Florida State is is just is just talking to talk because I I feel like the ACC. I don't think they are. They've been trying for two years. They they said they've been going through all the legal documents for two years, and they're willing to pay the like two hundred some million dollars uh, to like, get like, out of the conference. It was like three hundred and thirty five million dollars, right? The, it goes it goes through 2031. So call and the, the ACC voted yesterday or decided yesterday not to invite SMU. What has Tulane done? They've they had one good season. You did not, oh, yeah, I mean, otherwise I, for the past I, two I, decades I, they've been mid. The they've been mid. Memphis. Okay, they have basketball. Other than that, pretty mid. All right, USF. USF has won one FBS game in like the last two years. Yeah, and they're talking. Oh, we're going. We're going to the. We're going to the ACC. Bullshit. Get out of here with that. You're but not the one thing. Want, all those we don't even want you in the American. They have legitimate markets though, and they can turn around like that. If they really wanted to, they could they could turn that that their programs around in a in in a heartbeat because of the markets that they're in. They could. They've been terrible in all sports for the last three or four years. Anything other than bringing Tampa? Okay, you got Tampa. They still don't have a fan base. Nobody cares about USF. Except for the three people that are replying to everything about realignment. There's it's the same three people, and they're borderline insane because it's not happening. I can see Memphis. If all those schools leave and they bring in Memphis and bring in USF and bring in Tulane, I'd be hard-pressed to see them – Bringing in anybody else other than ECU because North Carolina is the ACC. I'm just I'm just saying this though. I, I think your top heavy schools in the American are not loyal to the American. Why no loyalty to the American? Like if they can if they can lead, they're gonna lead. So 
Well, yeah. But if let's say you get Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State, and you've got a deal in place to bring in Boise State, San Diego State, Colorado State, and Air Force mm-hmm. in three years. Okay. Let's say you have that deal in place. ESPN, then what ESPN has gotten has gotten all four time zones from the American. Right? They're gonna they're gonna pay a pretty penny for that. You could be looking at each school getting $17 million a year for that. What the American then needs to do, all right, Rice, North Texas, Florida Atlantic, peace. Go to the fun belt. Go, go back to Conference USA. And then you got Thumbbelt fans that think that the, they're going to take American conference teams. Like, what are you talking about? They've got, they got some good schools, though, man. Like, le- legitimate, though. Coastal's got a chance to get some calls if they stay consistent. App's got some chance to get some calls if they stay consistent. They got some good teams, Jared. Don't be naive. Don't be ignorant. They got some good programs. They got Okay, they got good programs, but they don't. They don't have it. ECU has it. They have a bigger brand. They got a bigger fan base. They compete. I, in- I think. I think that's the. I mean, you could really go out on the streets and ask, like, who's got the bigger fan base in twenty twenty three? ECU or at nationwide? Like, I think. I feel like. ECU. You think you think a landslide? Has a, a Yes, like by a landslide. Okay, because you do know what the Ann Arbor win did for at nationally for their brand. Okay, it, it fast tracked them like thirty years. Cool, but still, there is a bigger alumni base for East Carolina than App. Those those fans love ECU. App fans only come around when they're winning. ECU, even when they're losing, was a top four team in attendance in the American Athletic Conference. Well. Top five team, top ten team in attendance in the group of five. Already we were at, we were at those games, Jared. That we know, we know that's that's tickets. <laughs> but not, but already you sold. you go back and look, you look at some of the biggest ECU and Tulane last year led the group of five in TV viewership. Yep. ECU and Tulane. I played Texas A&M and Carolina. But ECU and Tulane were leaps and bounds above all of them. ECU had the highest watched group of five bowl game last year and beat a lot of Power five bowl games. A lot of them. ECU brings brings eyeballs. Whether they like to admit it, maybe Greenville isn't the biggest metropolis, but last time I checked, neither is Starkville, Mississippi. Give me that. Or Gainesville, Florida. Or Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Or State College, Pennsylvania. 
yeah. or Blacksburg, Virginia, or Charlottesville, Virginia, or Morgantown, West Virginia. I'm sorry. When we start looking at media market size, and ECU pulls all of Eastern North Carolina and pulls the Tidewater portion of Virginia and can claim a decent chunk of the Raleigh market, the Charlotte market, and the D.C. market. Because the alumni are there. The alumni are in New York City. They're in Philadelphia. They're definitely in Jersey. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many alumni we got in Jersey. <laughs> that's true. So that's what I'm saying. Is when you step outside the box and stop looking at it from just looking at Greenville. And you look at what ECU actually brings, they bring eyeballs and they bring passion and they bring everything that you want. ECU fits the mold of the ACC. And honestly, if they had, if you could take us back 30 years and they would fit the mold of the SEC back then, and would have grown into a great SEC program. So let me let me let me ask you this, Jared. Perfect scenario: ECU, Houston, and the staff. They 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 run off you know a bunch of wins. They're phenomenal. They're competing for conference championships. Everything is going the way we wanted to go. What's the perfect scenario? What's the conference that we're jumping to? Because we're obviously not saying in America. So what's the conference that we're jumping to in the perfect scenario? In my opinion, the perfect conference that you're jumping to is you and Memphis go to the Big Twelve. I would agree. I, I think the American, or I, I think the ACC is going to be dead soon. I think the ACC is going to be in the same boat where they're leaning on Wake Forest, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Pitt to to lead them, and that's just not sustainable. So I, I think I do think that if ECU, ECU, and Memphis, Tulane. And SMU, those, those are those are your four top schools. Yeah, and I think they're the next in line to get picked. It's going to happen eventually, and when that happens, when ECU is in a Power Five conference, we're going to throw a parade. We're going to hey, it's finally happened for us because Lord knows we should have been there decades ago. We should have been there. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the cards have been stacked against us since day one. And day one. People say, oh, well, ECU has a chip on the shoulder. Damn right we do. You bet your ass we do. We have a chip on our shoulders. Because nothing, nothing has been given to us like that school in Chapel Hill or that school in Raleigh, nothing has been given to us. They've been handed everything in, on a silver platter with a silver spoon in their mouth. I don't give a, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. They've done everything in their power to keep us down. If we could stand right back up and we punch them right back in the mouth. So, Artie, 
<laughs> Jerry going to somebody. It's gonna preach, preacher. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. No, it's going to happen. And when it does, the real ones who stayed, the real ones who don't change their team come basketball season. Those are going to be the those are going to be the real ones, and they're going to feel damn good. We're going to look in the eyes of those NC State fans and those Carolina fans, and we're going to say, "Now we've got the funding y'all have always had. We've done more with less. We've done more with less than anybody else." It's about damn time something goes our way. And when if that means Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal join the American, so be it. That, that's great. And we stay there. We're a Power 5 conference, probably a Power 4 conference once the ACC dissolves. And guess what? We've got a seat at the table. And that's a conference that I damn well believe that ECU can win. <laughs> A lot of sports, not just baseball, so they can win it in football. And keep Mike Schwartz and staff. You're looking at a decent, a decent run in basketball very soon. ECU's a sleeping giant. Don't let us wake up. Don't let us wake up. All right, all right. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> Breathe. Breathe, breathe. I'm breathing. I, I feel I feel fantastic, Artie. I just want for once credit to be given where credit is due, and it's due in Greenville, North Carolina. It's due in well, the eastern part of that, North Carolina. Let's handling business the way we need to as well. And it's it does. Like like you said, ain't nothing given to us. So that comes with us handling it, our debt. Between between the North Carolina legislature and piss poor leadership at the university level and a few bad decisions along the way. ECU has always been kept down. But no more. No more. We got, we got the right leadership. We got the right leadership in place now. Can't deny us. I love it. Can't deny us. All right. <laughs> okay, Artie. Let's see. Let, let's What's let's next? talk about. It. Sorry, right, we're going we're going kind of long, longer than we thought we would. Uh, let's let's do uh, the quarterback preview. Mason Garcia. He's the guy, right? Seems like he's the guy. Everybody knows he's the guy. Yeah. Mason Garcia, uh, been waiting in the wings for Holden Aylor to, to finally graduate and and head on to head on to better places. Seattle, Washington being that place. Um, he he was the highest rated recruit in ECU history until. Uh, ECU freshman Antoine Jackson came along. Um, he came, he played a game in 2020 due to COVID. 
Um, he started in, against Navy, passed for 104 yards, 10 of 20 for, on, on completions. Also rushed for 63 yards and a touchdown, 15 carries. Scored first career rushing touchdown, three yards against the midshipmen in 2020. Alex Flynn, um, he, he's pushed Mason a little bit, but, I mean, what we're hearing from camp is Mason's everything we expected him to be. Good. I, I think Alex is going to be the backup. Uh, and then Raheem hey. Jeter. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say Flynn. Flynn should be pushing him to the point where he's like <clears throat> staying on his A game, right? Like you know, where Mason is like, oh, okay, like this guy is gonna show up to practice and just know that he's the number two. He's, like he should be pushing him enough for Mason's like, okay, well, let me show you why I'm I'm the number one. I'm gonna stay the number one. So that's good to hear. But we all know, I mean, Gar Garcia is the guy. You know, <laughs> he's he's the guy. He's gonna have to be the guy. If Garcia is not the guy, then we are in deep, deep muddy, muddy, muddy trouble. So. I think, I think his play is probably the biggest question mark for ECU, and yeah. he's he's unproven. If we get what we expect to get from Mason Garcia, we're going to be having these writers, these national pundits, who've been saying, "Oh, ECU is going to go five and seven. They're going to be crawling back and saying, wow, what a Cinderella team. And then if Mason Garcia is the guy that you think he is with the running backs that we have and Marlon Gunn and, and Rajay Harris, I mean, along with, I mean, yeah, you lost, you lost your two top wide receivers from last year, but hey, next man up. And there's plenty of there's still plenty of talent in that wide receiver room. If Mason Garcia is exactly what we thought he was, we're gonna be a okay. And ECU could very well win eight or nine games this year. So I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And that's that's the best case scenario, too. But if if he's everything that he was projected to be when he came in, then yeah, this should be an eight to nine win ball club. And then you build on that. You go from one eight-win season to another eight-win season, and guess what? It snowballs. And then the next year, you rattle off ten wins. Guess what? He's got another year after that. Yep. So you you talk about Mason Garcia could be the one that finally get ECU over the hump. And not to mention, you have Raheem Jeter, a yeah. freshman. Freshman, yeah. Who had offers from Auburn and Georgia and Kentucky and Memphis and Missouri and Virginia Tech. And Alex Flynn, I mean, he, he's a redshirt junior. He's got, what, two more years left? He'll, he'll, be, he'll be a backup. He'll get his degree. And in two years, Raheem Jeter will be the will be the backup. And then it's time for him to take over. Guess what? He's supposed to be just as good. I mean, he, he's gonna be, he's a stud too. And he loves being a pirate. I know that for sure. I've talked to him a couple of times. He loves being a pirate. 
So I, I like what I like where EC's at in the quarterback room, Marty. No, I, I, I honestly I love our quarterback room, and and again, if it lives up to the potential that we think it can, I mean, obviously, you know, no Flynn, and this is no shot at Flynn, but we're really looking at two guys: Gar- Garcia being the guy now, and then we're grooming Raheem Jeter to be his, you know, heir apparent, much like it was with Houghton and Garcia. Now it's Garcia and Jeter. You know, that's kind of the, the the two that we're looking at as far as the right now and the future. And it looks very, very, very promising. Hopefully they can put it all together. And I like the fact that our non-conference to start the season is real daunting. Not just Michigan, but Marshall and App. I like the fact that he's going to be put into the fire early. Here you go. Good competition. to great competition off the rip. Let's see what you got. I like that. Let's not let's, – no, no training wheels – no baby steps. You've been in the program long enough. Let's go ahead and see what you got. So I'm very, very excited. I think this quarterback room is going to be great. I do think, the, you know, the O-line and the run game is going to play a huge factor in the first couple of weeks. Just for Garcia to go ahead and get his footing, get comfortable being out there every single snap as a starter. But um, it's a promising room, to say the least. It is a promising room. Yeah. I'm. Everybody looks at this as – detriment to ECU. Oh, you don't have whole nailers. Whole nailers built a great culture in this room. And Mason Garcia has learned under him for the last three years. And now it's Garcia's time. So give it to me. I mean I, I think I, I think he has all of the intangibles. Because can he put it together on, on the field? I mean, he, he's gotten his act together um, since coming to ECU. He, it sounds like he's done great in the classroom. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all you could ask for. And we may, we may be looking at, at the end of the season and being like, we told you so. And everybody's going to be like, where did this kid from East Carolina come from? And the fact that he hasn't transferred yet, I like I like – the idea that I don't think he's going to do it even if he pops off this year. Right. So, Artie, anything else on the quarterbacks? No, nah, I mean, you know, when we get closer to, to actual start of the, of the season, we're going to talk more, but no. Nah, I, I, mean, I think we're good. We're, we're going to go down the immediate day, uh, I guess, next weekend, the 19th, and – We'll, we'll talk to Mason Garcia there. We'll, we'll play that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Let's do Gardner Webb first. Okay. We're going to go out of order here. But Gardner Webb, um, looking at their schedule this year, I mean, they it's not the right schedule. Okay. Yep. I, I saw the same thing. <laughs> That's uh, all good. Infinite chance. We live with um, their 2023 schedule for Gardner Webb, they went. Let's see, what how they do last year? They, I know they played in the FCS uh, playoff, finished seven and six. Um, they start the season off at, at, then they play Elon, then they go on the road again, play at Tennessee State, then they come into Greenville, play at East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they start maybe one and three. You didn't start one and three. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know. Maybe beat Elon. Yeah, I was. I mean, um, I was gonna say app. App's probably gonna be a loss. I, I do think they lose to Elon. I mean, Elon's never like a slouch um, in in football. Tennessee State. I, mean, I don't know too much about Tennessee State, but I, I think that'll probably be a win. And then they lose to us. So yeah, I mean, one to three. Then I mean, Robert Morris and Austin P. Austin P. is a decent FCS program. Um, UT Martin also a decent FCS program. Yeah. Bryant, uh, I believe Bryant's joining. They, they just announced Bryant's joining a, a new conference. I, I can't remember which one. Um, all in all, I don't know anything about that. I'll be honest with you, already. I don't really follow FCS like that. Um, I think they start one and three. I think they lose to Austin P. I don't know anything about Robert Morris. Eastern Kentucky is usually pretty good. Yeah. UT um, Martin's okay. How about how about six and six? Yeah, they go six and six. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give them six and six. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's <laughs> that's pretty chalk. I really don't know about. So I mean, I, I I agree with you. I, I don't. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. All right, Rice uh, went five and eight last year, three and five in Conference USA, lost yeah. four. Um, their wins included McNeese State, uh, Louisiana, which I mean, a bottom tier Conference USA team, beating a mid tier Sun Belt team, but the Sun Belt's apparently better than the. Uh, than the American. Hmm. They beat UAB last year and nearly beat Houston. Nearly beat Florida Atlantic. Almost beat, almost, or barely beat Louisiana Tech. Got blown out by Charlotte. Beat UTEP. Lost to Western, Western Kentucky. Got blown out by UTSA. And then uh, got beat by North Texas and another close one. And then even though they were five and seven, uh, they got they got into a bowl game and lost the Southern Miss by two touchdowns. Absolutely absurd. So I hate that so much. What are you gonna what are you gonna do about it? Um <laughs> I have you are you are you looking at their 2023 schedule though? Not yet. I don't have it pulled up here. Let me. Jared, it's awful. It's. I mean, it is. It is. It's awful. In a like, good way or a bad way. In a in a in a bad way. Like their twenty twenty three schedule. I mean, I I see maybe four wins on here. Maybe the season at Texas. What they'll they'll take Texas to the brink. Watch them. Stop that. Stop just watch that. Them. Just watch them. Already, just Stop. watch them. There's got to be Stop. one every year. There's got to Stop. Stop. I'm not saying they win, Stop. but watch it. Watch it. Watch them keep it a close no, game. They're not. They're not taking Texas to the brink. Not. Not. Not in. Uh, not at Daryl K. Royal. They're not taking Texas to the brink. They're not. Then you got. Then you got Houston, which 
Yeah, well, I mean, they're both in Houston. It's a home game, but um, <laughs> is it really a home game? Even though Houston doesn't really have many fans anyways. Uh, then you got Texas Southern. Then you go on the road to USF. So, so um, maybe what, one in one in two after three games, two and two, maybe after four games, at best two and two, at worst probably one and three, zero oh and right. four, at best two and two. Then they and come I'm into East, and, and then they host us. ECU goes into Houston. That's a dub. So dub. Sorry about it. That's a dub. Yeah. Host UConn. UConn's not a pusher. They're not. That's what I'm saying. You, you like they're gonna lose to UConn. They're gonna lose. They're gonna, I'm calling it right now. Rice is gonna lose. To UConn. All right. So at best, right now they're what two and three. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Two they're, and four. Two, two and four. four. Now I can't count. Uh, they got the off week. Then they, then they got Tulsa, which Tulsa's. Don't sleep on Tulsa this year. Um. You got Tulsa, all right. Two and, and then five. Tulane, SMU, UTSA, two and eight straight losses. Uh, on the road at Charlotte. Their schedule is brutal. They're gonna lose a lot of football games. They're gonna lose a lot. They lost. They got blown out by Charlotte last year. So, uh, give me Charlotte. And then you finish with uh, Florida Atlantic. All right, so uh, two and ten. I, I I'll give them three. I'll give them. I'll give them. I'll give them three and nine. Three and nine. I'll I'll give them three and nine. But they're gonna lose a lot of football games. That schedule is brutal. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, already they're just looking at them. I mean, they don't really. They're not really returning much on on offense. Now they do have quarterback JT Daniels um, as their quarterback this year. Hey, he's still playing. He's still playing football. Yeah, he, he's a grad transfer. Artie, can you name all the schools that JT Daniels has gone to? Off the top Look, of your head, I, all I know is he started at USC, right? That's that's the only thing I know. He started in Southern Cal, and 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 then it went shit from there. I didn't even know he was still playing football. Southern Cal went to Georgia. Transfer right. to West Virginia. Mm. Now he's at Rice. He played in three you, of the you, five power five. You see the decline? Look at the decline. You started you started SC. That doesn't work. Then you go to Georgia thinking that that's going to work. Doesn't work there. Then you go down to West Virginia. Doesn't work there. Now you're at lowly Rice. Like, nah, it's just. At some point in your mind, and this is no shot, but at some point you gotta be like, quarterback's not, not it. I'm just, I'm probably not that good. Like, I'm probably just not that good quarterback. Um, their offensive line isn't that great. Defense wasn't terrible last year. Fifth overall in conference USA, but when they got torched, they really got torched. Um, run defense was spotty. Pass rush wasn't great, um, and they didn't get enough third down stops. Here, here's maybe the one silver lining for, for Rice. They've got a decent linebacking core. Uh, Myron Morse, Morrison is, is a big safety-sized tackler. Uh, Chris Conte also led the team, or almost led the team in stops last year. Um, 
And then Josh Piercy has all-star potential in his pass rushing role, but um, that'll be the that'll be the strength of the defense is, is the linebacking core. Um, they're gonna need more from from their pass rushers, but overall, they turned over, they turned the ball over quite a bit last year. Uh, they gave it up already. Their turnover ratio they were minus fourteen. They turned over the ball thirty two times last year. 32. So 32 turnovers. The team was two and eight when throwing at least one pick. Jared, you only played 12 games. <laughs> you only played 12 games. 32 turnovers. Oh my God. So yeah. Um they're going to lose a lot of games. So, yeah. Mm, okay. Already. <laughs> you ever walk the plank? It's hate week. We didn't mention it. It's hate week. I got a lot to talk about. And I'm not going to talk about all of it. I'm just going to run through them because I hate a lot of stuff this week. Yeah, look, if, if we're just running through our, our things that we hate, um, and I, I know I don't have the laundry list that you do because I didn't even think about everything. And I'm, I'm going to think about stuff after the podcast and be like, damn, I should have I mentioned that. Um, I do hate the whole Big Two conference thing. I, I, I just uh, And I'm a Big Ten homer, right? I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a Big Ten homer. I grew up watching Big Ten football. But the whole SEC Big Ten and then, it, then it's just everybody else, I absolutely hate that the trend that that's going to. I absolutely agree with Granddaddy Nick Saban that it's it, it the traditions of college football is gone. Some of the pageantry and passion of it is gone. It looks like we're just money grabbing and money chasing at this point. You know, sure, is it going to be nice to see you know Oklahoma visit Death Valley, you know, in, in, in Bat, Baton Rouge on a Saturday night? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Sure, is it going to you know be nice to see Texas visit Alabama, you know, in, in Tuscaloosa on a Saturday night? Yeah, that's going to be fun, but. Getting away from the traditions that made college football so great, I hate that. And I hate that we're probably never going to see those traditions ever, 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 ever again. And then, honestly, like the USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, I don't know. It just feels wrong to me. It, it does. USC and, the UC, and UCLA, even though it's going gonna, it's gonna to hype the Big Ten up, it's going to make them a great brand conference and Washington and Oregon join too. It just, I don't know, it just, it just, just feels imagine, It Just, just doesn't, imagine waking up and having to watch UCLA Rutgers. Thank you. <laughs> UCLA is at Rutgers. That just that feels wrong. It feels feels odd. Feels awkward. Doesn't feel like a football game. Feels like you're Washington at Maryland. Yeah, I don't like. I don't. I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to see Oregon at Maryland. I don't want to see Rutgers at Washington. And you're forcing that on me. I don't want to see that. I don't care about now. That. Like a Nebraska Oregon game. That's going to be cool, right? You know, USC visiting. Um, the horseshoe in Columbus. That's going to be cool. We're going to watch that. It's going to be awesome. But some of the old school traditions that are going away, I hate that shit. So that's definitely. Can we just agree that we should just make the uh, the Pac-12 demise? We should just make the Rose Bowl the Big Ten championship game. I'd love that. I'd, look, something look, in. I, I mean, in my honest opinion, the national championship. In my honest opinion, should be playing the Rose Bowl every year. 
I just I, that's just how I feel. I feel like the Natty should be playing the Rose Bowl every single damn time. There's not there's not a better there's not a better setting for a national championship. I don't give a damn what you think. There's not a better setting. You cannot name me a stadium that's a better setting, Jared. You can't. You can't name one that's a better setting for a national championship than Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. You you can't name one. You can't. Thank you. You're taking too long to answer because you don't have one. It's the best place to play a national championship. They should play the national championship in Hawaii. At 2 a.m. Miss me, right. miss me with, 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 you know, all these SEC schools playing in a damn, you know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium every year for a national championship, and it's just a home game for Alabama or Georgia. Miss me with that bullshit. Put it back in the Rose Bowl, all right? That's all I'm saying. But I hate that, too. What else right. is on my list? I'm trying to think of something else. All right. I'm just going to get through it. Orioles, Orioles suspended their play-by-play voice. Kevin Brown for calling out their team for piss-poor performance against the Rays in Tropicana Park. He was just stating facts. He was doing his damn job, and he suspended the guy. He oh, I saw that. Him. Yeah, that's crazy. What are you doing? That's his job. Sorry you sucked at Tropicana Field. And he's just saying you've done better this year. Congratulations. Um, anyone bitching about the Power Four conferences rating the Pac-12? When they were quiet about the American Athletic Conference getting rated and even praised it, you can walk the damn plank. I hate you. Uh, Stuart Mandel, uh, we offered you to come on the podcast and debate us. Chip Kelly said that uh, we should just divide the FBS or FBS football into two conferences or two divisions, the Power Five and the Group of Five, and each have something to play for. Stuart Mandel said this is a great thing. Other college football pundits said, oh, we agree. This is great. No, shut the fuck up. You're wrong. You are wrong. Okay. If we have the same funding, maybe it's a good idea. Give us the same money. But there's already two divisions in football in college football, the FBS and FCS. And every once in a while an FCS team beats an FBS team. It happens quite frequently when a group of five conference beats a power five conference. All right. Sorry. Miss me with that. SMU was willing to play in the American or in the ACC for free, but still got turned down. It's like a friend who nobody wants to hang out with because they're weird, but they try to convince people that they're cool hey, look, by flashing their money. That that is crackhead mentality if I've ever seen it. Desperate. I mean, they had a donor who said we'll pay the two hundred million dollars over the next five years to get into the, to the ACC, and the ACC still turned them down. I've already talked about this. USF fans, they're delusional. Uh, they've taken over the, the top spot for Central Florida. Um, if they think that they should be invited in, into the ACC before East Carolina. Sorry. Um, talked about preseason rankings. Oh, and uh, Governor Cooper, you can walk the damn planet. Governor Cooper tweeted out support for Tez Walker. Uh, Ted Walker did, wasn't granted his waiver by, uh, by the NCAA. It was his second transfer into Carolina. He, he was like, I think, the number six transfer in the country this year. Wasn't granted his, his waiver. Um, Cam Hayes is still waiting on a waiver 
uh, for his transfer into ECU basketball. And I don't see Governor Cooper tweeting anything about that. Um, so when you do, then we can talk about Governor Cooper walked the damn plank. Uh, that's all I have. Already, real quick. I got. Do you have I anything got, else? I got one more. I got one more that I'm done because I did. I did just see this video uh, the the other day. So and this is one of his his close to home. So all the ECU linemen out there that got stuck on that damn elevator. Did you see that the ECU offensive linemen that got stuck on the elevator? I didn't did see the video. I'll, I'll I'll send you the video. I think it happened yesterday. Ashley sent me the video, and it was like seven to eight ECU linemen. I think a few coaches coaches on this elevator. They got stuck. I think during practice or when they were coming from practice. Y'all know damn well you cannot put six to seven to eight, 350 to 375 pound men on one elevator. Y'all knew better than that. Y'all knew y'all was going to get stuck. Walk the damn point. It was like eight of them that came out. It was like, it was just big ass colossal men. Like, y'all knew y'all was going to get stuck. I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, every time we come down from the press box after a game, there's 15 people in there. I'm always like, we're, we're, we're going to get stuck. Um, <laughs> It was funny. It made my day. Uh, anyways, Artie, one quick note. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it scrolling at the bottom of the screen. I want to give a shout out or let everybody know that's listening. We're going to do something new starting going forward. All right. Look, we want we want to do different things. You can now leave us a voicemail. All right. All you got to do is call 252-320-9937. They'll leave us a voicemail. We'll play your audio on the Boneyard podcast uh, that week. So if you have a thought on the game, send it to us in the voicemail. We'll play your audio. If you have questions, send it in. We'll play your audio. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's something that we want to try. And uh, here soon, I mean, maybe we'll even be able to – we're going to start doing some some live shows. Yeah. And um, – I think this is the season we do it, Artie. We've been talking about it. I think this is the season. Thursday nights, probably about seven thirty. We're gonna be, we're gonna be your show. Wednesday night, Thursday night, um, to get you ready for ECU football. All right. Anything else, Artie? No, that's it. Great episode, hour and a half on the on the docket. Love it. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, we'll talk to y'all next week, Card Nation. Party. Hey, as always, baby, wash your hands, wash your butts. We love you. Deuce. Chance, this is going to be way better than yours. Peace. <laughs>